Father, we ask that you'll illuminate these words to us this morning by your Spirit, that we may respond rightly to them, for your praise and for your glory. Amen. I wonder if you've ever felt um, or had that longing, that desire to be with somebody who you're unable to be with. Um, you'll remember all of us have experienced that a couple of years ago with the lockdown, where we were prevented from being with uh, those that we loved. We longed to be with them, uh, to sit with them, to have a meal, uh, to drink coffee together, but uh, we were prevented from doing so. But that didn't mean we didn't have this uh, deep longing, this deep desire uh, to be with them. Uh, and that desire was there because uh, they are people we love. We have a deep concern uh, and we wanted uh, to be with them. This morning as we continue to think about prayer, as we look at Paul's letters, uh, uh, Paul's prayers in his letters, uh, that is how he's feeling. That's how he's feeling about the Christians in Thessalonica. He has a deep uh, desire, a deep longing to be with them. Uh, but for whatever reason, he's being prevented uh, from being uh, there. In Acts 17, uh, we read of Paul being in Thessalonica, and for three Sabbaths, uh, he taught them the Scriptures. He reasoned with them. He persuaded them uh, uh, from the Scriptures, and many uh, believed. Many became Christians. Many put their faith and their trust uh, in Jesus. Uh, but the Jews became jealous. Uh, and so they uh, formed a mob uh, and started to uh, cause trouble for them. It's saying that this message that they were bringing uh, is causing all sorts of hassle uh, within the city. All uh, sorts of uproar. It led uh, to Paul and Silas uh, having to leave during the night and leave very quickly. And so Paul was only with them for a short period of time. He saw many people come to faith, and then he had to go uh, because of all the trouble uh, that was happening. Uh, and since then, he has had a deep desire uh, to be with them, to be face-to-face -face, uh, with those Christians in Thessalonica. He has a deep love uh, for those believers, uh, a deep concern for them, uh, and a longing to be with them. We read in verse 17 of chapter 2. But brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. For we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again. But Satan blocked our way. We read in there, but we continue to read, see it throughout our reading. His longing to be with them. His desire to be with those uh, whom he loves, who he has a deep uh, concern for. Although they're not together physically, they are in his thoughts, they're in his heart, uh, even though they're separated. Uh, and he has that longing, that desire uh, to be with them, but he is being prevented. Uh, Satan has blocked uh, the way uh, for him to go. So what does Paul do? He sends Timothy, verse 1 of chapter 3. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. Paul could not go. He was 
prevented, even though he desired and longed to go to be with them face to face, uh, he was prevented from doing so. So they, he sends Timothy instead, uh, who goes to encourage them. Uh, and Timothy comes back with this wonderful report of how uh, the Thessalonian Christians, their faith, their love, their hope uh, is growing and enduring. And this is Paul's response to that report in verse 9. How can we thank God enough for you in return for the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Paul receives this report from Timothy and he's filled with joy because of what he's hearing about the Christians in Thessalonica, about their faith, their love, their hope. And what does he do? He thanks God. He thanks God for them, for the way that God's grace is at work in their lives. He gives thanks and praise uh, to God, uh, but he doesn't leave it there. He then tells them, I thank God for you. It's because of you were filled with joy and I give thanks to God. And now I tell you that I give thanks to God uh, for you and for the work of grace uh, in your life. And we read that and think, what an encouragement that must have been to the Thessalonian Christians, to know that Paul and the apostles uh, were praying uh, for them, giving thanks to God for them in the way that God is at work uh, in their lives, giving thanks for their faith, their love, and their persevering hope. What an encouragement it must have been for them to hear that and to know that, that, God, uh, that Paul is thankful uh, to God uh, for them. And I wonder... Uh, how much our churches will be transformed uh, if we started to do that more and more uh, in our churches. Yes, we thank God uh, for our brothers and sisters, uh, for the way that God is at work in their lives, for the things that they do in service uh, of God. But what an encouragement it will be to us for somebody to come to us and say, I've been praying for you. I, I've thanked God each day this week for you. And this is the reason why I have thanked uh, God. What an encouragement that would be. And, and a, what a transformation we would see, uh, begin to see in our churches. Maybe there's somebody uh, who you are thankful to God for who uh, is brilliant at welcoming and greeting new people. Uh, they go over, they welcome them, they uh, learn their name, uh, which I'm terrible at. Uh, and then they look out for them in the weeks to follow and they've remembered their name uh, and they go each week uh, to make them feel really welcome uh, as part of our church and we thank God for people like that but how encouraging it would be to go to that person and say I thank God uh, for you in the way that you welcome people and remember people's names there are lots of different things that we are thankful uh, for as we look around our church family uh, thank God for them uh, and their gifts and then go tell them that you thank God for them and this is the reason why uh, what an encouragement that would be uh, to us Paul then continues uh, with his prayer in verse 10 and 11 uh, as he prays that their faith uh, would grow and be established night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. 
night and day, Paul prays uh, for them. Prays that he might be able to go uh, to them, to be with them once again, to see them face to face. Night and day, Paul uh, prays. And it got me thinking about prayer. Night and day, Paul prays, uh, which means uh, two things. That prayer isn't always answered immediately. I don't know how often uh, we pray about something or about somebody. We pray once and we say we prayed and that's it, expecting an immediate answer. We see here that that's not always the case. Paul prayed night and day. And so the second thing we see is that uh, prayer involves us persevering night and day. Each time Paul, uh, however he did it, had his prayer times, he prayed uh, for the Thessalonians. He prayed that he would see them uh, once again face to face uh, so that he could then uh, help them with what is lacking in their faith. I think it's really important for our own prayer lives that we uh, hear that and recognize that. We are to persevere in prayer. Sometimes uh, there will be that season, that period of waiting uh, as we pray for the same thing or the same person day after day after day. You'll remember the parable of the persistent widow in Luke 18. Uh, that begins, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And this widow came every single day to this unmerciful judge until he was worn down and then gave in to her request. And the point is that prayer isn't always answered immediately. And so we need to persevere. But also our God who we pray to is not like that unmerciful judge. That he is gracious and loving towards his people. And so keep praying. Don't lose heart. Uh, is what we see here in Paul's uh, prayer. Night and day he persevered in prayer that he might see them once again and supply what is lacking in their faith. I wonder how long you've been praying for somebody to come uh, to faith in Jesus. Maybe you've been praying for years and years. What do we learn from Paul's prayer? To keep praying for them. Do not lose heart. I wonder how long you've been praying for uh, maybe a particular struggle in your own life, a particular sin uh, even. What are we to do? We're to keep praying day and night, to persevere in prayer and not lose heart. I think it's a challenge for us, but it's also an encouragement to us. Keep praying day and night. Follow that example uh, of Paul. And his prayer uh, was for them that he might see them again so that he could supply what was lacking uh, in their faith. Uh, what is Paul meaning here? Well, I think he's meaning that because he had such a short period of time with them, that there are still many things that he needs to teach them uh, about the faith. One of the things that we read later on in chapter 4, uh, verse 13, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. There seems to be a lack of understanding uh, in relation to that, in relation to death, uh, to eternity, uh, to what happens to Christians surrounding that. And so Paul has this desire 
to go back to see them face to face and give them that information to establish their faith on a, a, a more solid foundation. He wants to fill the gaps. But it's really interesting, isn't it, that he prays that. Day and night he prays to go back to, to be with them, to see them, so that he can supply what is lacking in their faith. He prays and recognizes that there is a need, but also he offers himself in service uh, to meet that need. And so he prays, but he's willing to act and do something uh, in terms of what he's prayed. It reminds me of, of, of Isaiah uh, as uh, the Lord says, whom shall I send? Uh, and Isaiah says, here I am, send me. Paul is saying, uh, praying the same thing. He's saying the same thing. Send me so that I might supply what is lacking in their faith. He didn't just pray. He was willing to go and to serve. And so as we pray for our brothers and sisters, what could we do to answer that prayer? What could we ourselves do in service? Yes, we can pray, but what else? But what can we do alongside that? It may be that we can send a letter or send a text or a card or something, uh, something simple like that, uh, to go alongside our prayer uh, for our brothers and sisters. Paul prays that their, that their, their faith would grow. Uh, he prays also that their love would grow. Verse 12, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Paul's heard about their love, and he prays that it would increase, that it would grow, that it would overflow. It reminds me of a, of a bucket, that picture of a bucket where the water is pouring in, and it gets to the top, and it bursts over the edge, and it overflows. That is what Paul prays for the love of the Thessalonian Christians, that their love would grow and increase and overflow for their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but also for those outside, those outside the church uh, fellowship. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Paul prays that their love uh, for their Christian family would grow, would increase, that it would overflow. Uh, and he prays the same uh, for the world and for the people beyond that fellowship. Matthew 5, 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Paul prays that their love would increase, that it would grow, uh, that it would overflow uh, out of them. As we saw last week, uh, that is one of the marks of a genuine believer. They're loved uh, for God's people and their love uh, for those outside. And Paul prays that it would increase, that it would grow, uh, that it would overflow uh, from them. And then he gives himself an, as an example, just as ours does uh, for you. Paul loved them when they were strangers, and he loves them now as brothers and sisters in the faith. Do our prayers reflect uh, this? Do our prayers reflect what Paul prays here, uh, praying that our love would grow, that our love would increase? 
for one another, uh, but for those beyond our, our church family as well. Let's follow the example of Paul and pray that our love would increase and overflow uh, for each other uh, and for everyone else. And then we see in verse 13 that Paul prays for their persevering hope. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. I wonder if you've ever been on a trip. Uh, you've been going off on holiday uh, and the travel to that destination has been a nightmare. I remember one year we were off traveling uh, in the car to Wales uh, and we thought we were going to be really organized this year. We'll get everything done. We'll pack the bags on time. We'll make sure there's fuel in the car. Uh, we'll set off at the time we're supposed to set off and the journey will be a joy. Uh, to our holiday destination. Um, but it wasn't. The suitcase wasn't in the house, so we couldn't pack the bag. The car didn't have enough fuel in, so we needed to spend however long queuing at the petrol station for fuel. Then we got on the motorway, and we thought, yes, it's nice and clear, uh, for about half an hour, until we were then stuck in traffic for the next two or three hours. Uh, we've got three children in the back, uh, and if you've got children traveling in the car for a long time, you know the joys of that, uh, don't you? I'm hungry, I'm bored, he's doing this, she's doing that. Goes on and on and on. Frustrations, boredom, hunger, all this. But what keeps us going? The destination, the cottage that we're staying in, the sea and the beach that we'll spend some time uh, at remembering the destination uh, through these difficulties uh, keeps us going uh, through them. And that's what we see uh, here. Paul wants them to remember the destination uh, that they're going towards. He wants them to endure and pers uh, persevere uh, all the trials and troubles that they're facing uh, as God's people. He wants them to remember uh, where they are heading. And that's really important uh, as we pray, as we pray for one another, that we remember where we're heading. We will face trials. We will be persecuted. There will be difficulties in our lives. What pulls us down is when we forget our destination. We forget where we're heading. And so in our prayers, let's remember, let's have that uh, view of eternity, that one day we will be with Christ forever. He will return and take us to be with him. And in the meantime, let's be praying that we, when we get to that point, that when we arrive at that destination, we will be found to be like Christ, that we will be found in him, blameless and holy in the presence of our God. And so Paul prays that the Lord would strengthen them as they endure these trials and persecutions remembering their destination uh, with Jesus uh, to be with him forever. And so let's remember that in our prayers. Let's remember our des destination and let's pray that the Lord would strengthen each of us as we seek to be uh, and live our lives like Christ uh, each and every day. Live those lives uh, of holiness. Paul has a deep love uh, for God's people. He has a deep love and concern for the Thessalonian 
of believers. We see it not just here, but we see it throughout his letters, that deep love and that deep concern for God's people. And that is the basis of his prayers, his love and his concern for all of God's people. And so the question is, do we have that same love? Do we have that same concern, deep love and concern for God's people before we then go and pray for them? Do we have that same desire that Paul did uh, to be with God's people out of a deep love and concern for them? Let that love uh, be what motivates us to pray uh, for one another. Let's give thanks to God for the grace, uh, for his grace at work uh, in our lives and one another's. Let's thank God and let's go and tell uh, people that we're thankful to God for them. Let's pray that our faith would increase, that our love would increase, that our persevering hope would endure and increase. Let's pray for one another with a longing to be like Christ as we endure this life, heading towards that glorious destination of eternity with him. And let's pray all the more fervently, persevering in prayer day and night, uh, and all the more as we see that day of the Lord uh, approaching. Amen.